Big changes the Rams should consider for next season. What are the Rams' biggest needs on defense? And is the Rams versus Lions a rivalry? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? Welcome to the episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you haven't yet, do us a huge favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, SI 24-7 Sports, Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams Flag radio station ESPN 710 LA. He just completed his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And on today's show, did we get greedy as Rams fans? Some changes we like to see Sean McVay to consider. We're also going to talk about the defensive breakdowns. But first, this episode of Lockdown Rams brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Travis, we're going to talk some Sean McVay in this one because after the Dolphins lost to the Chiefs, Mike McDaniel, he hinted at the possibility of giving up play-calling responsibilities. And a lot of Rams fans out there that think maybe Sean McVay is a little too much on his plate. Do you have the bandwidth to manage everything and make the best play calls? Well, I think if you want to make the case, you can clearly look at that red zone offense. The Rams go over three in the red zone. You saw lots of passes. You saw three passes from the six yard line. And I just don't know why Sean McVay is so obsessed with that back shoulder fade. I would like to rewatch the game and I'd like to see some throws over the middle, right? Some higher probability throws right there. I don't don't think it'll ever happen, but for the offense to go over three in the red zone against the 29th ring defense is absolutely inexcusable. You leave 12 points on the board and we're sitting here. We're not talking about a divisional round matchup. Yeah, I, I think it's a fair question. And I think it's something that we'll probably continue to talk about as long as Sean McVay is the head coach of the Rams, which it looks like he's going to be the head coach of the Rams for a very, very, very long time, probably as long as he would like to be. Uh, he's one of the best in the business. He is unbelievable at designing an offense and play calling and doing all the things he does. But I, I agree with you, Doug. I think that there's a little bit of a blind spot when it comes down to inside the 10-yard lines and, and the play calling that comes down there. I think that I want Sean McVay to call the plays. I do think, though, and, and this is why I'm incredibly fond of Sean McVay, I think he's an incredibly good coach, is – he is solutions oriented. I am going to steal his vocabulary for that. You know, we we want to be solutions oriented. And I believe that he will have somebody in his ear telling him, hey, this is the spot where maybe we want to do this, where maybe this is something you might want to consider. Sean McVay is going to have 
you know, ultimate decision-making authority in these moments, but he's a smart enough guy. He's quite frankly, he's secure in himself enough to know that hearing an outside opinion is not a bad idea. I wouldn't hate to hear Matthew Stafford on some of this, you know, have him weigh in on some of these things, as long as he's here, a player that's a veteran like he is, but Look, nobody is perfect. Nobody gets everything exactly right. You hope to get more things right than you do get wrong. Sean McVay absolutely does. But that inside the 10-yard line play calling, that timeout management, those are the two things with Sean McVay that even seven years into his tenure as the Rams coach still makes you go, what in the world is going on down there? And that just may be the way that it's going to be. I, I, I agree with you. It is frustrating. I would like to see runs. I would like to see some higher percentage throws perhaps in that area. But uh, if this is the, the, the wart on the supermodel, then I'm going to take it. Yeah. And I think that you got to give big Vay credit too, for look on the fourth and five, he goes for it leads to a touchdown. And the yeah. reality is that, yeah, they did not convert any of those back corner fades and you're going to Cooper cup in those situations. If you pass the ball, maybe pass your best receiver and Puka Nakua in that situation, right? It felt like you were getting yeah. all the way down the field with Puka Nakua. And then you were trying to lock onto Cooper cup there in the red zone. And here, how about this rewatching the game for some reason, kind of a masochist yesterday, I lo- noticed that, you know what no one's talking about? No one's talking about the punting game of the Detroit Lions. I mean, really an unsung hero there. I mean, the Rams started drives at the 5, the 10, and the 8-yard line, right? And if you look at the second half drives for the Rams, Travis, you go 13, 66, 79, and 48. If you have those averages for an entire game, you're a top one or two offense in the NFL. So it's not like they didn't move the football. It no. just... They weren't able to punch it in. I think if you look back, you would have probably liked to sprinkle in a couple more Kyron Williams runs and try to be effective in the run game, mix it up a little bounce there. And that was the difference in the football game. But at the end of the day, Sean McVay, he got us to this mountaintop. He got this Rams team to where they are. I don't think he's going to relinquish any play-calling responsibilities like Mike McDaniel is considering. And I think that, look, you just kind of have to trust them moving forward. And I think this is a learning experience for them. I don't think that if they're in the wild card round next year or the divisional round, you are going to see them as pass-happy in the red zone. So hopefully moving forward, you learn from this and you convert more. Now, one thing I want to ask, we were talking about before the show. Can I jump in right there real quick, though? I'll I'll tell you this. I I hope... Hope you're right, Doug, that next time in this situation that maybe the, the decision-making is a little different. I I, I don't know, right? I, I just think that so we're all wired a certain way. We all have a thing that we run to when we have pressure or stress or anxiety. We have that thing that makes us feel like ourselves, right? That, you know, when I'm not... I go to McDonald's and I get, you know, I get McDoubles and a giant fries. I'm like, all right, I'm back at my center. Sean McVay throws passes inside the five-yard line. We all have the thing that we go to when we are under a stressful situation. And I just think that's who he is. Hopefully there's somebody there that, you know, friends, my wife in the seat, don't go there, go home. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something else. But uh, he needs somebody there to say, hey, look, and you got a, you got a high-level running back back there. You might want to use him in these situations. And – I, I hope that he listens, but if he did, if if we got back to week one next week and it's first and goal from the five, and I saw three passes, you wouldn't be able to knock me out of my chair with a feather. I can tell you that. I, I would. I, I will believe it until I see it. 
That is a fair point. We all definitely have our bad habits. And for him, it's that. It's the bad clock management. And really, those are... So a lot of people are talking about the officiating. What's keeping me up at night is extremely pass-happy mindset there in the red zone and the bad clock management versus the PI. Because those were correctable things that we, that the Rams, they could have controlled and put themselves in a better position to win this football game. I will say that for Sean McVay, look, would you rather see a coach maybe make some missed calls there in a playoff game or most coaches who would have had the same roster win five or six games. Right. And I think the conversation becomes, are we spoiled as Rams fans? Because this is a team that was expected to win five, six games, end up winning 10 games. They end up making the playoffs. This is a team that recalibrated expectations all throughout the season because of how quickly their young and inexperienced players emerged, not just the rookies, but the second year guys, the Kyron Williams types. But did we get greedy? Maybe, but guess what? What did Gordon Gecko say, Travis? Greed Greed is good, okay? And (laughs) I did get greedy. I wanted this team to win. And to me, you look at the path, the way it's laid out. I mean, last night, I'm looking at just the path, and you play the Buccaneers, a very beatable team. The Rams have had success against them in the playoffs. The 49ers playing a a Packers team that's going to be a handful. You could have theoretically had the Packers at home for the NFC Championship game, potentially. And that is what's going to keep me up at night and I'm going to wake up at three, three in the morning, a cold sweat for the next couple of months. Just thinking like this could have been such an improbable run to the NFC. This team seven and one heading into this one, one of the hot teams, in the NFL, they're definitely in this universe where this could happen. Oh yeah. Look, Detroit's saying the same thing. De- Detroit is saying, look, we get the Buccaneers at home. You know, the, the toughest game that they probably will play, you know, potentially could have been that Rams game. And the Rams are looking at it the exact same way. Obviously a lot of this depends on green Bay kind of, Pulling off another upset along the way, which I'm I'm skeptical about, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there is a little bit uh, of a spoiled factor in all of this. That when you have a coach as good as McVeigh, when you do pull a 10 win season out of thin air, and let's be honest, that's what this was. That it's like, well, why can't you do more? Well, I, not only did you get what you got out of this group, and that's probably about what you could hope for. It's more. That, that n- nobody was thinking this was a 10-win team. Nobody was thinking, oh, we're going to be complaining about goal line play calls in the wild card. We got very spoiled very quickly. And by the way, that's where we're going to be next year, too. We did, for sure. I just want to say, Graham McDonald, I definitely went there to eat my feelings after the loss, as is my tradition. And you get the $1 Big Mac on top of the comp. It's a crazy deal right now. We're not, they're not a sponsor of the show. I'm just saying. Double Big Macs coming back, too, D-Mac. Just that, throwing that out there. Are you going to mess with that? Are you oh, gonna yeah. You are okay. If you do, I'll do it because I, I mean, I don't know. That's that's a lot, but I'll mess with that for sure. Because Carl's Jr. tried to have the fake one, you know what I'm saying, yeah. a couple of years ago. Yep. No Big Mac goes hard. But no. coming up next here on Locked On Rams, we're going to talk about the defense and why they weren't able to make the plays they needed to. That's coming up next here on Locked On Rams. Locked On Rams is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. And Look, sometimes we all need to get something off of our chest, right? The opportunity to talk to somebody that is unbiased in your life, whether it's big or small, certain things can really start to kind of get under your skin and bother you. So today's the day that I want to tell you how I feel about something. And you might be thinking about the same team this week, the decision to punt on fourth down. 
the decision to punt it away and take the ball out of your best unit's hands, the offense, and give it to the defense against the 40 or against the uh, the Lions along the way. That is the part that was still kind of gnawing away at my brain. Why couldn't you find a kicker during the regular season? These are the sorts of things that I need to get off of my chest. This is why you need to talk to somebody and therapy. Obviously, it can be different for everyone. Most of us have much bigger problems in our lives than our favorite sports team and their decisions on the field. And it is important to get things off of your chest every once in a while. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible. It's designed to be suited to your schedule. So visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. And, of course, you know how much we love prize picks here at Locked on Rams. Not just here at Locked on Rams. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. And why? Well, it's just fun, and you can win a lot of money, and it's not that hard to play prize picks, right? You can decide more or less. That's what prize picks is. You pick between two and six players. You decide whether you like more or less on their statistical projections, and then you go from there. That's it. You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. And prize picks even offers a reboot policy. So if one of your entries stays in play, even if one of your players gets injured. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on. Use that same code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. The code is locked on NFL prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thanks for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a special shout out to our everyday listeners out there. We appreciate you listening throughout this entire season and the off season. We have so much to get into this off season. You're not going to want to miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams because you got a lot of roster, build talk, a lot of contract, a lot of free agency, the draft. It's going to be a very exciting season for your Rams, and you won't want to miss out. So be sure that you're locked in. You're still an everyday listener. We definitely appreciate you guys for sure. Now, Travis, here in a second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about this defense. And really what it came down to is their inability to get pressure. Like you pointed out in Friday, in Monday's show, in Tuesday's show, actually, I think it was Monday, Monday's show, that basically you didn't pressure Goff. He goes 22 for 22. And then when he finds a way to get some pressure, he goes over five. It was a massive difference maker in this game. And for me, just kind of looking back and watching the game, it was a lack of overall talent. I mean, especially from the secondary. And you don't have Fuller in this one. That definitely had a big impact in their inability to be consistent. But you didn't have a big night from Aaron Donald. You didn't have a big night from Kobe Turner. You absolutely needed that. And I think it just comes down to the reality is that as good as this team played, we talked about getting greedy and they made us feel like maybe they could make an improbable run. Just from an overall talent level, they just didn't have a championship-level defense to go out there and win playoff games. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you saw it, right? How many times during the game on Sunday night did they show a cutaway, an isolation shot of Aaron Donald getting not not double-teamed, getting triple-teamed? Yeah. It was was a regular occurrence where they, well, if you got three guys on number 99, someone else needs to go make something happen. 
and and, and they really didn't do it. And and uh, I should say, uh, Kobe Turner and Byron Young, they had great rookie seasons. They're going to be incredibly impactful uh, for the Rams moving forward. And, and I do think that they were, for the most part, the beneficiaries of Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald for mo- most of the season. It didn't happen on on Sunday night. They weren't able to do it for wh- whatever reason it may be. But I, generally speaking, DMAC, I agree with you. The talent level on the defense needs to come up. I think that's probably where you spend most of your draft capital in this upcoming season. I think you still, you know, and, and, this is this is something they've tried to address. They've draw, drafted safeties. They've drafted defensive backs. None of these guys have really popped in the way that you would hope they would. Now you got some higher picks you can maybe go and use this year at those positions to go get an edge rusher, to go get some depth at those positions that can make something happen because Aaron Donald is still an all-pro caliber player. He's still going to draw a ton of attention. But a guy can't get triple teamed without another guy making a play. And, you know, with all due respect to guys like Michael Hoyt, they're just not making enough plays. They need to get to the quarterback. They need to make things happen. And it just they they just were a guy or two short on that side of the ball. And I think they'll address it. I think it'll happen. But I I agree with you. I think that was the Achilles heel last night. We've talked about the punt. We've talked about the red zone and and all of these things. And those were number one. But shortly thereafter is that those first three drives in particular, Jared Goff could just stand back there and say, okay, I'll go over here. There was no pressure on him at all. And look, he's an NFL quarterback. You give him time, he's gonna he's gonna hurt you. And we saw what it was. He was 0 for 5 with three with uh with three sacks under pressure. So you you needed to get more than five pressures on him. You needed to get into double digits at least, and you probably win the game. Yeah, and sometimes the bend but don't break defense does break, and you're giving yeah. big cushions to these receivers from the Lions in a prolific passing game. But guess what? If you look at the numbers last year, what did the Rams' defense rank when it came to overall spending? Literally dead last in yeah. the NFL. Literally dead last. We're talking about these reclamation projects, the Witherspoons, the Kendricks they are trying to get some out of, and you're trying to make him something. They were really trying to get everything they possibly could out of the secondary. And I think for the most part, they did. They really put allowed them to stay in games and they overperformed for most of the season. But look, the reality is the talent level just wasn't good enough. You, you bring up Aaron Donald, right? Aaron Donald ended up with three total pressures, had a 66.2 PFF grade and second on the team behind Ernest Jones. But you mentioned those double teams. You talk about the super Mac, the double big Mac. It was like, the offensive linemen were the meat patties, right? You had those four <laughs> meat patties were the offensive linemen, and Aaron Donald is that one slice of cheese. So my point is, why are we getting just one slice of cheese? Can we get more slices of cheese on those patties right there? I mean, what's up? What's that about? Yeah, well, yeah, they, they give you one extra slice of bread that I'm not entirely sure you need and not nearly enough cheese. Like, I want Mac sauce, I want my cheese, and I need Aaron Donald to only get double. He can beat double teams, but he can't beat triple teams, and I'm with you on the cheese. I mean, absolutely. And then you talk about Kobe Turner. I mean, he's someone that towards the end of the season, I mean, he's right up there for one of the better rookies in the entire sport. And he's taking over Aaron Donald's rookie record. And then I think the big adjustment that he had, he was limited to zero pressures. He had an assisted tackle. So zero pressure for Kobe Turner and assisted tackle. They needed more from their interior to win this football game. And even then they had a chance to win it at the get at the end. I think a lot of it has to do with the adjustments that you saw from Raheem Morris. He had guys setting out wide. And one of the big adjustments was Ernest Jones. And definitely want to spin a positive here on Ernest Jones, because I think one of the big takeaways here is, Jones is someone who's going to make a Pro Bowl or two in his career. He blitzed eight times. He pressured Goff 
four of those times. He had two sacks. He forced Goff into a trip there, a fall. I mean, once they decided to do that, he was fantastic. He missed a couple tackles, but he's an elite run stopper. He's someone that can come home as a blitzer. I'm looking at my Magic 8-ball. I'm seeing the Pro Bowl in his future. Yeah, he he's not a piece that you need to fix, right? And, and I and I, you know, when you're looking at it this time of year, when you're out, when you're trying to figure out what your team's going to look like a year from now, you it's you know, like you talk about messing with the double Big Mac. It's like, can I mess with this guy or not? And the answer with Ernest Jones is absolutely. You, you you're good, right? You you have a middle linebacker that I don't even want to say is good enough because that's that's selling him short. He's he's a good football player. He's in a good spot. He was given a role. This year, uh, they let Bobby Wagner go because they felt like he was a guy that could step into that role, and he more than held his own. I, I, I think he's got an incredibly bright future. I think he's a really good player. And uh, let me just throw this out at you before we move on to the next thing. Max Sauce on a McDouble, change your life. Just just, just saying. Max Sauce on a McDouble. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, hey, if you're not getting quarter pounders like on your – on your uh, at, at McDonald's, man. I mean, I don't know what you're doing, but yeah, I, I'm definitely a lifer on that standpoint too. But yeah, I mean, just talking about that as well, it's look, you're using him as a blitzer. And if you don't want to have a simulated pressure, right, you have to get an edge rusher that can consistently pressure the quarterback and get to the quarterback. You look at Michael Hoyt, he was in coverage as much as Kobe Durant. And it's not his fault. He shouldn't be there. He should be on the defensive line rushing the quarterback. I don't know if you want to switch to a 4-3 base or maybe make some modifications yeah. there, but the reality is the biggest takeaway from the defense is you need to upgrade in talent in the secondary and you absolutely need to upgrade in talent as an edge rusher, and that will change what you do as far as having to simulate the pressure through a guy like an Ernest Jones, but definitely want to give him some credit because I thought he was absolutely fantastic. It was one of the biggest reasons why the Rams were able to hold that Lions offense in the second half and give this Rams offense a team a chance to win the game on their end, but coming up in the finals, oh, you got something to say, Travis? No, I just don't ever want to see Michael Hoyt in coverage ever again, ever. Like, that, that just, no, get rid of that. Whatever that whatever that schematic decision is, throw it in the garbage and move on to the next thing. That was a mismatch every single... They had him covering Jameer Gibbs at one point in that game. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, what, what, what are we doing? And I get that the offense is going to put some stuff out there that's going to put them in some favorable matchups as well, but no, that, that, that needs to be discarded and not brought back. When will they learn? When will they learn? I mean, he dropped into coverage 19 times, Travis. 19 times. He was targeted six times. He allowed six catches for 64 yards. That touchdown to Sam Laporta there on fourth down. He missed, wasn't able to make the play there when they were getting those first downs towards the end of the game. And it was a big reason why they lost yeah. this game because he was completely out of position. It's like you're trying to win an F1 race with an 18-wheeler, right? <laughs> it ain't happening, right? And I hate it too, and I hope they understand that you just can't have that. I think they will. I think they're absolutely going to address that position. But coming up, and our last segment here is the Lions versus the Rams, a rivalry. Is it going to be a rivalry? That's coming up next. Y'all locked on Rams. I know that we come here to escape from some of the crazy realities of life. We like to talk about football. We like to talk about food. We like to talk about our favorite baseball team as well. But let's just for a minute talk about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies, are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And that, of course, is very, very scary. So I cannot imagine a more helpless feeling than someone that you care about, somebody that you love, one of your kids, your best friend, your mom, your dad, your brother, getting sick while a supply chain issue keeps them from life-saving medications that they need. Thankfully, 
We're going to be all right because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that will treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. So this is the kind of stuff that can happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter, and it will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than it is today. So go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your first order. And, whoops. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our final segment is the Rams versus the Lions a rivalry. Now, for me, I think it's a temporary rivalry. I think that to call it a rivalry, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I think the that most teams, you really have only a few rivals. And for the Rams, it's the San Francisco 49ers. It's possibly the Seattle Seahawks. And I think the Lions is a rivalry, almost similar to what the Lakers and the Suns was back in the day, where you had Nash, you had Dan Tony, And yeah, there was no doubt about it. That was the best NBA matchup on TV. Well, there definitely is some tension here. I mean, you saw the hit on Higby. You could say it was, it was a dirty play. You got the golf in Stafford situation, Campbell versus McVeigh. It's absolutely a game that I would have want to turn into more than any other games. I think it has more juice than most NFL games. But in my opinion, I think we got to stop with this. Is the Rams versus Lions a rivalry? It's just a temporary fling, in my opinion. It, 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 it is now, but we've got the bones of something that may turn into something. And look, look can, can I, you know who might get a little credit for this? Kelly Stafford. And then because okay, yeah. she because she is throwing bombs about her kids getting booed and Matthew Stafford was getting a lot of heat in the local press about, you know, or at least they thought that he was not being gracious enough in his return to Detroit about how he was happy for the players and didn't give the city itself its flowers. And look, the Rams go back to Detroit next year. One of their games, they, the Rams uh, uh, are playing the NFC North. It is the rotation where they go back to Detroit. So they will be in Detroit. It's a regular season game, so the stakes will be a little lower, obviously. But you don't think that Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford want to go in there and say, okay, well, watch this. And look, Detroit's a good team. Detroit's got a chance to go to the NFC Championship game, maybe beyond that. We'll see what it looks like. But if they get an opportunity to go in there and absolutely torch them, if they have a better team a year from now than they did right now, if Matthew Stafford can have a big day and throw for his 400 yards and four touchdowns or whatever it is and really kind of twist the knife, I think it can turn into one of those rivalries like the Rams have with the New Orleans Saints, where there's just been enough bad blood over the years. One team's gotten the wrong end of the deal just enough that I know that Jeff Fisher and Sean Payton used to love to run it up against each other. I know that, that Sean McVay and the Saints have a little uh, a, a little history right there as far as kind of twisting the knife in the preseason, the regular, all, all of those things. I think it can become one of those. They just don't play each other enough for it to become a real rivalry, but it can have extra juice. And once it gets personal about kids, wives, and you don't love me the way that you're supposed to love me from the city and Matthew Stafford, that's when we can get started. And, and I think we're on the first lap of a four-lap race and turning this into a rivalry. 
Okay, I see it. Look, the, all the like you said, all the bones are in place. You have the Stafford angle. You have the Kelly Stafford angle. Sure. You have the fact that Rams fans aren't happy with how that Lions team performed. They something that they were dirty and this and that. Yeah. But for me, the def- definition of a rivalry is when it doesn't matter which names are on the back of the jerseys, right? And that's how it is with the Lions versus the Rams. It matters that it's Goff versus Stafford, right? 100%. If it's San Francisco versus Los Angeles, it does not matter who's playing. You want to win that game each and every day. There's a lot of hatred. There's a bitterness to it. But for now, yes, it has more juice. This is a game that should be on national television. It should be on Sunday Night Football just because there is some bad blood. I think it's just their competitiveness towards each other does also reach another level. But I don't see it as some long-term rivalry. I think it's a temporary rivalry. And as soon as the personnel changes, as soon as the roster flips, it won't be a relevant rivalry. And look, call me when you win a Super Bowl. Call me when you get to a Super Bowl. Okay, (laughs) call me when you can achieve what Matthew Stafford did, what Sean McVay did. Because right now, I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to have them feel like, okay, you're our rivalry. Look, I mean, they're not going to have, you know, those weird decals guys would put on their cars with like the guy like pissing on the logo of the team they hated and stuff. They're right. not going to make those. And I hate no. those, by the way. I would never rock that no matter what, but they're not going to put those in a production with for Lions fans for Rams, okay? Rams fans aren't going to put it on their cars. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's how uh, you roll, I roll, or most Rams fans roll, but yeah. I think you said something that it kind of at least is kind of trending in, in the direction of rivalry is uh, what, what's today? Today's January 17th, and the everydayers can write this down and hold me to it. I will bet whatever anybody wants to bet that the Rams-Lions game next season is either a Monday night or Sunday night game. What, whatever action you want to put on that, I will take it because that is as sure a thing as it's going to be. And that's why we're at least in the opening stages of – I agree with you, D-Mac. It's not a rivalry, but it's a it's a game, at least for the time being, is going to have a little something extra in it because there's some personal feelings involved. I do think there'll be some Rams fans that are hate watching the Lions. Some will be rooting for them, but it'll be interesting to see how their season unfolds. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers at Travis Rogers. Until next time, whose house? It's Locked on Rams house.